Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In our current political age, our words speak so loud and they're hateful to one another. As a church, we're meant to be united with one another, not separated due to political stances. We're called to share the gospel and our testimonies. You never know whether you're planting a seed, watering it, or bringing in the harvest. Don't let the devil win by bringing division between each other. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 21st, 2019. In the end, I'll have the final word. And I'm going to let you see in the end, their end, when I do. And then the psalmist is like, okay, I get it now. Thank you, Lord. See, all the words spoken by those who have the spotlight now will soon pass away. But not God's Word. Another reason I sense that the Lord would have me to address this matter today is because it's actually prophetic, and I'll explain what I mean by that. What we're seeing today, the back and forth, the war of words, it's actually a marker, a sign of the Lord's soon return. That's why I know it's going to get worse. When the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in his second epistle, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, he lists 19 things that will mark the last moment of world history. Listen to this. He says, know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud. How about this one? Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Let me hasten to say, and I know I've shared this before, that Satan in large measure has succeeded in getting us as God's people to buy into this notion that our battle is against people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities and powers of darkness. And I'll, I'll get very specific. AOC, as she's often referred to, Rashida, Tlaib, Ilhan, Omar, all of them, you know, they need Jesus. Jesus died for them. Jesus loves them. They're lost. They're deceived. Our battle is not against them. And again, I really believe that we have fallen prey to the wiles of the devil, as the King James renders it, the devices, the strategies of Satan. The Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth says, don't be ignorant about these tactics that Satan uses, that he devises, these strategies. He's very clever. I was thinking about what Barry McGuire shared last week about the perception that people have of us as Christians, that we're angry. You know, I have to be careful, and I've shared this. I, I have to, when I'm watching the news or going down my news feed, I have to be very careful that I don't just... Lord will always have my daughter walk into the office whenever I'm doing that, and she'll say to me, Baba, why are you still yelling at the TV? <laughs> I know. The Lord just again has to stop me and settle me and remind me. It's not Republican against Democrat or conservative against liberal or right against left or but Satan has succeeded in pitting us against each other. That's the wrong battle. That's the wrong war. Fourth of July parade. I just, I guess maybe the Lord wants me to share this. In Kailua, I'm sitting there with my family and we're watching the parade. And Maisie Hirano was across the street with uh, her people and everybody was, you know, taking selfies with her. And I mean, again, I'm just being honest with you. My first reaction was, you know, to go over there and introduce myself and read her the riot act in Jesus' name. <laughs> but instead, I actually just prayed for her. And it, it dawned on me, it kind of hit me. I wonder if there are any friends of hers that are Christians that pray for her. And my prayer was very specific. Lord, she's lost. I mean, she's very sincere, but she's very sincerely wrong. And she needs Jesus. Oh, pastor, you're getting really political. Come on, man. Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. I want to read verses 28 through 33. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree. I imagine him pointing to a fig tree of which there are many in Israel, and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, 
know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. And then in verse 33, he says this, listen, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Their words will, my words will not. One last verse, and then we'll bring it in for a landing. It's in Proverbs. It's chapter 18, and it's verse 21. Listen to this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Did you catch that? In other words, the words we speak are so powerful that they can either bring life or death. That's how powerful words are. This means that we have the power vis-a-vis the words we speak to bring eternal life to a lost and dying world before it's too late. That's the power we have in the words that we speak. Last week we were privileged to have Barry McGuire speak at both services, and I had asked him to because I've never met a man quite like him. A man who lives, eats, breathes, drinks, sleeps, sharing his faith. And I have to confess that I was personally very challenged and even convicted, and I'll explain why I say that. You know, it's easy for me, behind the pulpit, I've got the microphone. It's easy to share the gospel when you've got the pulpit and the microphone. It's a little bit harder when it's one-on-one with the bank teller, the grocery store clerk, the receptionist on the other end of the phone that you're calling to make an appointment with. One of the things that really hit me about what Barry shared was having somebody just drop to their knees and pray the sinner's prayer when you share your faith almost never happens. Sometimes all we do is just plant the seed. Sometimes we might water a seed that's already been planted. Other times God will give us the privilege of harvesting when the time has come and leading somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So this last week I began to pray, and I said, okay, Lord, I got to, because I had to ask myself, when was the last time I actually shared my faith with somebody, just one-on-one? And it had been over a month. That's too long. So I said, okay, Lord, Present me with an opportunity this week to share my faith 
with somebody out from behind this pulpit one-on-one. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> full disclosure, when you pray a prayer like that, God going to answer it. I promise you, He's going to answer that prayer. Bring somebody into my path that I can share you with, or as Barry would say it, move everyone every day closer to Jesus. It is so simple. Here's what I do, and it works for me, and maybe it'll work for you too. We were talking about this on Thursday night. We just mentioned it in our Colossians study as well. You know, somebody comes up to you and says, hey, how are you today? I used to say, I'm good. I'm doing great. And God's like, you're not that great. (laughs) Besides that, Romans says there's no one that's good, not even one. So nice try. So I don't say it anymore. Here's what I say. When someone says, how are you today? I say, I'm blessed. And oh my goodness, the reaction that you get. I mean, the door that can open. So here's what happens. I'm on the phone scheduling the doctor's appointment, and the uh, receptionist on the other end of the phone was having, I mean, one of those days, I mean, so stressed, just, I mean, I could tell, and, and she was short, and, you know, was making mistakes, and it's kind of like, hey, put you on hold, and, you know, and my, my first reaction is, you know, I, this is the third time I've called, and, you know, customer support when you're talking. That person on the other end of the phone, that's a person that needs the Lord. So I said to her, I said, wow, sounds like you're having one of those days. She says, oh yeah, it's just like, oh man, it's really been stressful today. I said, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. So now when I go in for my doctor's appointment, I'm going to follow up. Say, hey, I've been praying for you. How you doing? Second time at the bank. I had not seen this teller. I think uh, she was new. So I started off, how are you doing today? And she said, you know, I'm, I'm doing okay. She says, how are you doing? I said, man, I am blessed. <laughs> Listen, they're either going to run towards you or run away from you. And you have your answer at that point, right? She said, wow, so am I. And then she says this, what are your plans for the weekend? This was on Friday. I said, well, tell what my plans are. I'm a pastor, so I'm going to be preparing a sermon. She says, you are? She says, what's the name of the church? Turns out she's a Christian, and now, in fact, she might come today. She's not in this service. She might be seconds. I invited her to come, her and her husband. Yes, praise the Lord, right? I mean, it's win-win either way. I want you. Now, of course, this presupposes that you're going to pray that the Lord's going to present an opportunity for you to share your faith. (laughs) Don't let the enemy convince you it's going to be terrifying. I mean, what? You don't have to. I mean, you what do, you, what do you, you don't have to preach a sermon. You don't have to be like a Billy Graham or a Greg Laurie. Just share your story with them. Share your testimony with them. Ask them just, how are you doing? How are you really doing? How can I pray for you? 
I've never had anybody ever tell me, I don't want you to pray for me. It sounds like you're really having a bad day. Can I just pray for you? And I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll be praying for you. I mean, that just... And then here's our email address. We want you to share your, share your faith story. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) Listen, I promise you on the authority of God's Word and God's goodness that your only regret will be that you did not do it sooner. You know, that's the litmus test for me to know when I have made a very, very good decision. It's when my only regret is that I didn't make that decision. And it is a decision. You have to decide to do it. I know it's a good decision when my only regret is that I didn't make it sooner and do it sooner. And here's one one last encouraging word. At first it's going to be a little bit awkward. I mean, what do I, what do I tell them? I'll never forget the first time I I shared the gospel and gave an invitation and people responded. I'm like, now what do I do? By the way, that's why we have the ABCs of salvation. I mean, it's a template that you can use, very simple, to lead somebody to the Lord. But don't put that much pressure on yourself, because maybe you're just going to water a seed that's already been planted. And who knows how and who God's going to bring into your life to cross paths with. This is why we do these prophecy updates, right? And this is why we end with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And this is why we present what's known as the ABCs of salvation. It's really a childlike explanation of salvation, how to be saved. What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ came the first time. He was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the good news. That's the gospel. What are the ABCs of salvation? Well, the ABCs of salvation is an explanation, a childlike simple explanation of how it is that we can be saved. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you sinned and that you need the Savior. This is what repentance is in the sense that you're you're changing your mind, you're turning, you're doing a 180, turning from your sin, acknowledging your sin, and to the Savior for forgiveness of your sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These often affectionately referred to as the Romans road. If the Lord ever presents the opportunity for you to take somebody into the book of Romans to go through these verses, you can very easily memorize them. If I can do it, you can do it. Come on. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but 
The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Here's the C lastly. It's for call upon the name of the Lord. By the way, let me just parenthetically and quickly say that this is on our website. You can download this, print it out. And by the way, we just had a, we continue to receive these on a uh, almost daily basis now from all over the world. We have the ABCs of salvation translated into many different languages, and they're available online for you to print out and hand out and just give out to somebody. The C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen, it seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Why don't you all stand and we'll pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to You for the simplicity of the gospel. Lord, we're also so thankful to You for the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to boldly share our faith, not be ashamed or embarrassed of the gospel. It is the power to save. We have so much power We have the answer. Oh Lord, forgive us for allowing the enemy to keep us, paralyze us in fear, tie our hands and freeze our feet so we don't bring the good news. How lovely are the feet of those who bring the good news. How are they going to hear unless someone preaches. And how is someone going to preach unless they're sent? And Lord, you, you sent us. You've commanded us to go out to the uttermost parts of the earth. Lord, thank you. Lord, if there's somebody here in this church that I'm so privileged to pastor that has never called upon you, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. And if there's somebody online right now watching this video and they stuck through to to the end because you got a hold of their heart, you've been speaking into their heart, Lord, I pray they'll open their heart to you. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.